Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Another fourth quarter pummeling for my beloved Brooklyn Nets. I've been fighting to have to do this show, but... Here we go. Those who know me know I, I, I didn't start this pod. You know, to make money or, or even start a new career. I, I really, really enjoy bat, bat, talking basketball with everybody on Twitter. I really enjoy um, the process of, of creating content. I, you know, even though I've, I've never worked a day in media, um, I'm, you know, I went to school for telecommunications um, at Morgan State University. That degree really was had journalism built in it, broadcasting built in it. I learned set building. <laughs> I interned at BET where I learned, um, and when BET was in DC, where I learned how to make a great cup of coffee. I'm not a professional media person. I'm doing this because I'm building an incubator accelerator that invests and remove barriers of growth for content creators in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And I want to know what it's like to be a content creator, the, the struggle, the process. And, um, and I picked something I was passionate about, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, express and experiment in that process. And, you know, I love talking Nets. I've been talking New York City basketball, you know, since 09. That's why I joined Twitter. You know, I, at the time, I, I had two little girls and a, and a wife and as much as they love sitting around and watching basketball with daddy back in those days they didn't necessarily want to talk about it <laughs> I, I played a lot more dress up than talking basketball and um, I, it, it gives me no pleasure like I, I think I think some of my Nick fans friends thought that I wanted to do a New York City basketball class so that I could talk bad about the Knicks. I, I get no pleasure of doing it. It's, it's very hard to do anything starting from a point of negativity. Coming on and just saying, this thing sucks or this thing is bad. Like, you know, Twitter, because you're not getting the context, it makes it look like you're just negative. Where the things that go wrong in my process of doing my real job which is applying agile product management and, and, and the software development process, it's taking data and figuring out where to where to put things and wh- where what things need to be fixed. Um, that job I do 
you know, basically finding negatives. So when I talk nets and nicks, it comes out very negative, even though sometimes I have jokes. The Nets game yesterday with Philly, and you can't really start with the, the Philly game. You got to go back to the Utah game. I saw a lot of people killing uh, Jared Allen for the Utah game. Utah is a good team. They're on a roll. They've been together for a long time. They have a lot of continuity. They added Bogdanovich, you know, who's a pretty good piece. Uh, for a team that has the, the structure that they already have. And, and we kind of got into it on, on Twitter about that game. And the, the piece that I think a lot of people didn't see is the part that they out the they out coached the Nets. The Nets were in that game the whole time. They were in it. Uh, they could have won. But what people did was after the game, they ran to the box score and they saw that Jack Allen had only had eight points, two rebounds, one assist, one block. But he was four for eight from the field. He was 50%. He didn't have any turnovers. He only played 24 minutes. What happened to Jared Allen against Utah was a smart coach said, oh, look. They only have one person in the front court. So if I just need to put a, a, a barrier between Jared Allen and being able to jump up in the air and grab rebounds, I just need to tell the other players, mainly Royce O'Neal, who in a game that, had a, a, the, that Utah won by 11 points and basically had the lead the whole way, O'Neal had 0 0.6 rebounds, 4 assists. All, all he was was a traffic cone. All he was was an impediment and to be big and strong to allow Rudy Gobert to just dominate. And people weren't watching that, and they, and they made this, this judgment of, oh, Jared Allen is soft. That's what happened. It, it's not. There was a term in basketball called weak side help. And in this current NBA, there is no center that plays with worse weak side help than, than, than Jared Allen. Torian Prince at power forward is a bad idea. I've talked about it all year. I, I bitch, I moan, I complain. You know, and, and what's worse is it feels like 
it, it's such a consistent problem. It feels like all I'm doing is it, it, it's personal between me and Torian Prince. Just like it became personal between me and Jared Dudley. And and, it, and it's really not. I don't know, dude. He, he doesn't he doesn't stop my money in any kind of way. And I don't stop his. He got a contract. He's still in the league. I'm shocked. <laughs> but uh, keep getting them checks, Jared. I'm happy for any black man that 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 gets his money in in the wilderness of the United States. But how people jumped over Jared Allen, who shot fifty percent, and has to guard a front court pretty much by himself and wasn't mad at Torian Prince who played 29 minutes and 55 seconds. He played 30 minutes last night. Torian only had six points. He had five rebounds, but he shot 33%. He was 0 for 4 from 3. They knew to guard him on the perimeter because he doesn't really do anything else well. I knew the next day we were going to, to to Philly. I mean, we were visiting Philadelphia. I was concerned. Right? People said about the Utah game, if Torian Prince hits his threes, it's not a problem. Well, Next day, Torian Prince is three for four, shot 75% from three, shot 55% from the field, which kind of shows the problem, right? If you could shoot 75% from three, how are you shooting 55% from the field? What is going on going to the basket? Jared Allen was 17 and 10. Not only was he 17 and 10, not only did he have a double-double, but he also was 87% from, from on the floor. He was efficient. He made Horford look old and slow. But they nearly, right? Let me let me make sure I, I, I get this right. Right? The Nets attempted 25 threes, made 12 of them. Oh, excuse me. I want to make sure I get this right. That's right. The Philly shot 33s and made 11. Far less efficient. Right. But they made, which is kind of where the game is won and lost, 
34 field goals from two. Almost double what the Nets made. That's not good. I, I'm bewildered by Kenny Atkinson. Bewildered. He only played Rodion's Karox 12 minutes in that game. He's completely uh, uh, abandoned the kid. The game before at Utah, Crooks looked good too. Uh, he played 15 minutes, had nine points, five rebounds, four for six, shooting 66% from the floor. And he only had 17 minutes. I don't know what goggles that uh, Kenny Atkinson wears. But how does Luau Cabarrot shooting as abysmally as he is shooting get 17 minutes, 32 seconds? What did I mean is it is it the is it the case? Is it the domestic abuse case that that, that Rodion's has? Is that what's going on? So not only are we losing, not only did we lose two in a row, two games that I thought we could have won, but Post game, you know, Stephen Bondi asked Kyrie, you know, and he, like Stephen Bondi said, you know, he answered off the cuff. And so it, it wasn't, as he says it and tweeted earlier, it wasn't planned or, or calculated critique. But they're talking about improving the team by gathering up some of these kids and trading them. New York City, this is the poison that I did not want to see in my team. You know, Kyrie is a brilliant player, man. He's so just magnificent to watch. I watch him play ball, man, and I, I just go, like, what did his father put in him? Like, I just, I would just love to just pick his dad's brain to figure out, you know, what I need to do with my son to, to, to get him to that level. I mean, obviously, that's not the way it works, but I still would like to know. Because the way the kid plays is just incredible. But he just has a way of of just saying the wrong things that a good leader doesn't say. 
You know, I, I asked Anthony Puccio earlier today. I said, and, and, he, and he probably won't respond. Like, it, it's hard for, for Anthony. Anthony. Anthony's a very good reporter. I think he's got a, a bright future. But obviously, he, he has to, he, he, he's an access journalist. So how critical, what he can say. And he, he said some things recently that, that opened my eyes. And, and over the summer, I just, I didn't love the cheerleading for, you know, the players who had, who, who, who had done so much for the team to get to this point to leave. Like, I just didn't, I'm just always wary about when superstars come into a team because if you don't grow that superstar, if you buy that superstar, if you bring it in uh, as a fully grown superstar, unless that person is is a different kind of person, it comes with toxicity. Boston went through that, right? And they don't have better players this year, but they are a better team. I hate saying it. I hate Boston. I hate Boston more. I, I I enjoy the Nets beating Boston way more than I enjoy the Nets beating the Knicks. And I enjoy the Nets beating the Knicks. The banter is just incredible. After. <laughs> but we can't stick our heads in the sands to, to these things, Nets fans. There's Nets fans that aren't talking to each other and are mad and, and aren't ma are mad at each other. Not just the ones that are mad at me. Everybody gets mad at me. Nobody likes smart dudes. Nobody likes the guy who just asks the hard questions. I'm always going to be polarizing. I'm always going to be that guy everybody hates on Twitter. But we can't stick our heads in the sand to what could potentially happen and who needs to be ultimately held responsible for what is happening. Superstars don't come to built to places to lose. There's so much at stake. When you are a superstar like Kyrie Irving, like I said, on, on, on Flatbush Ave, an entire building of New York City property was painted in Kyrie propaganda to sell his sneakers. He is a billion dollar sneaker business. And if he sucks, and if he gets attached to losing, that business goes away. So it can't be Kyrie's fault. You know, there's an ego in, in a basketball player. And you want that basketball player to have that ego, that confidence, that arrogance to believe, I'm so good, I'm going to take this last shot and hit it. And we've seen Kyrie do it. But there's also a toxicity in that type of player. That when you find one that's a star, and he's humble, and he's happy to be there, there's, that's a value that 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 I don't think basketball fans have learned to appreciate, and so it polarizes. Some of us recognize it. Some of us know that in your job, there's always somebody who can't be fired. That's just a jerk. You don't know if they're a jerk uh, 
because that's their personality or because that's because the organization needs them so so badly they just act an ass i don't know but when i build engineering teams i always try to remove that guy from my team immediately because he won't make meetings he won't ship product he won't make deadlines and so then i don't ship products and i look bad when you have to be a leader of men in whatever field it is, and whatever it is you do, you have to recognize the toxicity and, and, and recognize that it's poisoning an organization from within. Or you don't have a shot. I think Kyrie was being too honest in his, in his quote, right? I, we've seen this before. LeBron did it to Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and, and, and Hart and those kids that got shipped. It's never the vet's fault. Kyrie had nice things to say about Garrett Temple. Garrett Temple fucking sucks. Let's, let's stop playing games. He's a great gentleman. I, like, I understand why they call him the president. And I'm not, I don't say these things to hedge my, my, my criticism. I just think it's unfair to have to say somebody who's, who's pretty much a great guy is not a good basketball player. But for some reason, Kyrie Irving thinks this dude brings something that Jared Allen, who was 17 and 10 last night, 17 and 10. How can he be asked to guard Ben Simmons and guard Horford? And he bust Horford's ass last night. He made Horford look old. But he got no love because, and he should have, and I'm sorry, I cannot help. And I asked, this is what I asked Anthony earlier. I said, listen, we had D'Angelo Russell on a, theoretically worst team last year and he never made his teammates feel small no matter how trash they are no matter what mistakes they made Jared Allen wasn't this good last year but he gave him confidence he made the game easier for him he made the kids around him better and we can't stick our heads in the sand and pretend like it's not happening. Go, Kyrie's a superstar. Kyrie's a superstar. Shut up. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. Kyrie is a superstar. I've never, I've, I've said it a million times. I've never seen a better player in a New York basketball team's uniform. Right? But he doesn't galvanize a team like Jason Kidd. The number one thing that Jason Kidd did on the court, and I don't know if he did it off the court, because off the court, there's a lot of evidence that he's a douchebag. But on the court, he 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 was a an orchestrator. He created symphonies on that court. He made 
he made Mickey, whatever his name, rich catching alley-oops. And Nets fans, we have to face it. We haven't been better with him on the court. And I'm telling you, it is not Kyrie's fault. It's what's creating this negative. He says it with a smile. He says it pretty cheerfully. He knows what his reputation is. But he's trying to give an honest answer and be candid at the same time. He's speaking his heart. But like the flat earth thing, he's dead wrong. The greatest basketball players that ever played, when they become GMs, they are horrible at it. Magic Johnson was a basketball virtuoso. He was a shit GM. Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player to ever step on an NBA court. He is a terrible owner, and he was a worse talent evaluator as a GM. So the worst people to listen to about basketball players is superstars. They don't understand. They're superstars. They know they can do it. Why can't you? They don't make for good coaches. Journeymen make great coaches because they get good habits. They try to do little things. They they soak up and listen to the coach because if they don't do all of those things that are necessary to maintain and stay in the league, a guy like Sean Marks doesn't make it. So he's always absorbing the little things, the little things, the little things, the little things. That's why they make good GMs. But great players, the guys who just roll out the ball and just amazing they don't understand numbers they don't see and dissect the game in a way that you build teams around them which is why you know a team is heading in the wrong place when they start letting their their best player be the GM it just is we're not having honest conversations, Nets fans. We're sticking our head in the sands because we're so happy that we have a superstar, which Kyrie is undoubtedly a superstar. Right? And what Stefan Bondi is missing in, in, in his quote and what a lot of people who are pissed off at me is missing from their, their quotes and, and takes on this whole situation is... We had this team pretty much last year. We were better. Kenny Atkinson, for whatever reason, was not a fan of D'Angelo Russell. He shot mid-range twos. He they, his style, his syrupy style was not. He was in a, it wasn't his cup of tea. He has been wishing for Kyrie Irving since then. I think he knew. I can't prove it. But I think he knew he was getting Kyrie. I've said it a million times. He marginalized D'Lo. And it wasn't until he threw in the, the white towel 
that he was like, ah, it's not going to work. I'm just going to throw Rodion's out there. Let's try this kid. You know, and, and I know he doesn't know what he's talking about because he said Rodion's reminded him of Mike Dunleavy. Never could there be two players that are different than Rodion's and Mike Dunleavy. I've never seen uh, Mike Dunleavy take one step inside of the the three-point line and reach the basket. Rodion's is like Andre Kirilenko with a jump shot. No one would compare Andre Kirilenko to to Mike Dunleavy. Kenny doesn't know what he's doing. He's not a good coach, everybody. I know that team was amazing. I, you know what he's great at? He's great out of calling plays, out of timeouts. That's what assistant coaches do, to be honest. You have one guy that's watching what, how the defense is playing. They tell the, 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 the head coach. The head coach says, all right, this is how we're going to counter what they're doing. Really quick, here's a play I'm going to draw up. Bomb. Atkinson is excellent at that. And he deserves credit for what's going on, but he has been consistent for the last three years. For some reason, he does the thing where he says, I like to have a coach on the floor. Randy Foy, Jared Dudley. But you can't tell me with your good basketball eyes, you can't see that Rodion's Karooks is better than Wilson Chandler is right now. Wilson Chandler is fat and slow right now. He's trying. He's he's busting his ass. Me and Wilson Chandler, you know what? Six degrees separation. We had the same weed man. Same overpriced weed man. Not going to say any names. But... And a couple of Nets shared this, at, at the time, shared this weed, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, true story. I like Wilson Chandler. I did. I celebrated the hiring. But there's a reason why he's not in Philly. There's a reason why he wasn't in demand, and it was because... He's old and he's slow. The Nets need a dirty work player that has some length. It would do the Nets lineup much better to have Rodions in it than Torian Prince. But I know that's never going to happen. Kenny Atkinson is not like Utah's coach, which understood. Royce O'Neal isn't my best guy, but the dumbest thing I could do is put Bogdanovich next to Gobert. Gobert's the best defensive center in the NBA, probably. Him or Embiid. But what he did strategically is he gave a foul, a power forward, and, and, and Royce is short. He's he's built like a Mack truck, but he's short. But he's the appropriate size and strength to play that center. He put a butt and boxed out 
on Jared Allen every single time. That's called strategy. That's called watching the film and scouting and going, oh, these dumbasses play with no no center, with no power forward. And the entire league knows. And what happens when Kyrie comes in the game is that he doesn't make the team worse. The coach makes the team worse because then he doubles down. He goes, okay, I'm going to play with three guards and a, and a small forward. That's not going to work with these big-ass teams. And I watched it like a fight, like a, like, a, like a boxing fight yesterday. And what Philly was doing, they couldn't shoot. Their offense sucked. But they were just giving the Nets body blows, body blows, body blows, body blows, wearing them down, wearing them down. And that's what teams do. They just keep giving the Nets body blows until the fourth quarter they get knocked out. You can't play with a team that has no versatility. They play with four jump shooters, basically, or four jump shooter slashers. And then they say, all right, Jared Allen, you do all the front court stuff. They send that kid on a suicide mission every night. And it's wrong. It's a bad game plan. And Atkinson has not adjusted to it. Not last year, not the year before. And he has to go, man. I'm done with that, dude. I'm early, but I think I'm one of the few Nets fans and I make everybody mad. No one likes it. It's the worst thing that can happen to the Nets. The need for a coach. Or the need to replace their coach. Let me tell you, I've never wanted Mark Jackson. Never. But there's no coach besides Pablo Pergioni. And I don't know, Pablo Pergioni is too much of a wild card. Mark Jackson, I hate him because he doesn't believe in analytics. He doesn't... It's not... But the Nets need to do what Toronto did last year. Dwayne Casey, goddammit, won the coach of the year. But the ruthless king of all GM and the African king, the Nigerian nightmare for the Knicks, Masai Ujiri was ruthless. And that's what you have to be to com be compete in this in, in this NBA. He ruthlessly fired Dwayne Casey. He, I said, I was thinking about. It, I was like, Nah, that black man ain't gonna fire that coach, man. And you know how you know how hard it is out here for black coaches in the NBA. Fuck all that. Fuck all that cheerleading on the on on on, on the sidelines. Fuck all that. He wanted to win. And he found it on his own on his bench. He gave Nick Nurse the job. He was like, lead us to victory. And Toronto has a championship. He was like, yo, I'm getting I'm getting Kawhi. And I can't play around. I, I may only have one year at this. And I can't have Dwayne Casey come in here with his 1990s, early 2000s basketball and fuck this up for me. And he was ruthless. He got got him up out of there, and that's what the Nets have to do. I, they hate me, you know.
the worst thing about having superstars is how it polarizes a fan base. It's there's Nets fans and then there's Kyrie and KD fans now. And now people who've been talking basketball together, you know, who've met up at games, who've bought each other drinks, who shared tickets with each other, you know, uh, smoke joints together. You know, we're not talking right now. And it's the Kyrie police. And it's because everyone wants to put their head in the sand from based off, they don't want to look at what happened last year. Boston was better when Kyrie was hurt. They made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. So the thought was, when Kyrie comes back, we're going to be even that much better. That wasn't the case. He left. They got good again. There's something in science called cause and effect. It's the most basic principle of understanding or testing something. Cause and effect. And if we're going to understand what's happening to this Brooklyn Nets basketball team, we have to be reasonable with looking at the effect and dissecting the cause. Why is this happening? I'm still in the camp that it's not Kyrie's fault. But if the young guys are playing scared, dudes are playing for their NBA careers out there. Jared Allen got 17 and 10. And somehow he got left off the list of who Kyrie thinks is the core of the team. Whether by accident or not, it just goes to show like, yo, you're a weirdo, dude. You can't, you can't been playing basketball your entire life and not know you can't do things like that. And I don't blame Kyrie. I blame the organization. They knew what they were buying. They knew who he was. There's enough sample size to explain and give you the track record. You have to be prepared and you have to prepare him for that. Now the team is going to get worse because the players are going to be playing scared. His teammates are going to be worried. Am I the guy that's going to get traded? I saw it with the Lakers last year. I remember when Carmelo Anthony was coming to the Knicks. The Knicks were a scrappy team with Amari Stoudemire. They they were playing playoff basketball. And but the mellow rumors just kept on coming. All of you guys are getting traded. And they played scared and they lost games. And the Nets are four games under 500. They don't have room for error. Who would have ever thought the Nets are worse? Then Orlando. That Markel Fultz is having a more positive effect on Orlando than Kyrie is having on the Nets. People have to be fired. 
changes have to come, and I don't believe it starts with the players. I don't believe it starts with the 21-year-old who got 17-10 against Al Horford last night. It has to be the, the coach that basically doesn't understand where teams are attacking him. Players are driving to the basket. If this is the NBA, you can't stop most of these guards on the perimeter. They're going to get to the basket, and you can't have Jarrett guarding the center and then having to flip around and guard the, the guard. There's no weak side help. He doesn't have eyes behind his head. And even if with the speed basketball players playing, him turning around after facing his man and guarding his man and turning around and guarding somebody else's man, because we have no other post presence in the time that the NBA is at their most athletic, most skilled. We're still playing 2012 basketball. We're still trying to bring back the magic of the, Atlanta, the, the 2013 Atlanta Hawks. Coach Buddenholzer doesn't play like that. You know what? I didn't want to make this podcast. I, 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 I'm ready to pod every night. I love talking hoop. I'm passionate about it. It gives me a break from looking at numbers and data and and people and wife and kids. It, it, it lets me have something else pretty cool to enjoy and talk about. And I enjoy talking about it with all of you guys. With everybody on Twitter. It's fun for me. There's so much bad feelings. There's so much just angst and worry. And then there's then there's delusion too. It's like, oh, KD is coming back and everything's going to be fine. Well, KD belongs on basketball Mount Rushmore. But what do you hear every time from, from superstars when they go places? I need help. I need help. And the worst idea in the world, and I'm not even going to talk about it today. It's just too much. Is to just think you're going to have KD play the role that Rodion's Karuk should be playing on your team. Or someone like that. A Covington. That's how championship teams are built. The Showtime Lakers wasn't just Magic and Kareem and, uh, you know, everybody was Magic and Kareem and Worthy. Nah, they were Byron Scotts. They were dirty work players that did the little things that win basketball games. We're just a bunch of jump shooters out there. That's not going to work. And what's not going to work is us in the Nets fan base being mad at each other, having bad feelings, and, and not willing to look at the situation for what it really is. It's not y'all fault. It's not about who's right or who's wrong. We want to win. We want a championship. We want to be able to hold our heads up high and be like, you know, and put one of those golden badges on the back of the jersey that for, for championship teams, for our team. The rest don't matter. Come on, New York City. Let's get our mind right.
mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.